hot this morning? How many of you are cold this morning? How many of you are just right? Yeah, we put the temperature on just right this morning. And so I hope that you are nice and comfortable. We're going to be in Acts chapter 20 this morning. Acts chapter 20. If you're visiting with us today, we want to thank you for being here with us. We chose just due to the uh, virus to meet outside under the tent It seemed like a good idea up until last week. Last week, it was a really bad idea. Maybe it was too hot. This week, it's a great idea. Last week, it was the staff's idea. This week, it was my idea. And so you can thank me for that. But we're going to be here just through July, and then we are putting plans together, and uh, we're going to be back inside the building starting in August. We just think it's going to be way too hot uh, in the month of August, and um, we just want to get back to some kind of normal. And so we'll, um, we'll be getting a letter out to you probably this week and uh, just giving you some details. We'll have different service times that you can be a part of. I like it out here because I like our church able to be together. Unfortunately, when we move back inside, we're not all going to be together like this. We just don't have the room uh, for this. So let's enjoy this uh, over the next couple weeks. And um, uh, the kids are inside. If you don't feel comfortable having your children inside, um, children's church are all social distance and spread apart. Um, but if you don't feel comfortable, then you are welcome to bring them under the tent. And um, that's fine. The nurseries, we're going to um, uh, give you some information about our nurseries then as well being opened. And so we'll give you all that information. I want to thank uh, you for, that were here on Thursday night as well. We had I don't even know how many people. This place was packed on Thursday night. And, and really half of the people I didn't even recognize. There were people from our community. And that's what we desired, to have a community night. And we had uh, a group here playing, uh, Sanctus Real. Uh, they were here and uh, did a fantastic job. Food trucks were out and just a lot of good fellowship. The weather, uh, it was hot, but um, I think it was a good evening. And so I want to thank you for coming uh, thank you for bringing guests. Our neighbors came and, and uh, those guests that were here that I talked to had a good time. And so thank you for inviting people. Thank you for supporting that. The gospel was given and um, that was the most important part of Thursday night. And so I'm glad you're here today. Those that are continuing to watch online, we want to thank you for watching online. We have about 110 to 120 uh, live viewers still every week. And so uh, that could be as many as one up to a family of people watching. And so we know we still have a lot of people watching online. And so we're going to continue our online services uh, as well. And so we're going to start a series today. We're going to be in Acts chapter 20 over the next three weeks. And we're going to continue through Acts. But as I was studying through the book of Acts, I found here in this chapter something that just continued to stick out as I was studying through this. And it almost just, just in every section of this chapter, I would find, um, and the Lord just kept bringing to my heart this subject of relationships, relationships. And so we're going to study over the next three weeks, this subject of relationships and see the value of relationships. We're going to begin here in Acts chapter 20, and let's begin reading in verse number one together. Everybody with me? Everyone having a good time? How many of you wish food trucks were here this morning? All right. Coffee, yes. All right. And after the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples and embraced them and departed for to go into Macedonia. 
And when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, he came into Greece. And there abode three months. And when the Jews laid wait for him, as he was about to sail to Syria, he purposed to return through Macedonia. Let's pray together. Father, I pray today that you were pleased with the singing. Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, be honored with the preaching of your word. Lord, thank you for this church. Lord, thank you for those that have gathered here this morning under this tent, outside of the tent. Thank you for those that are serving with our children this morning. Lord, I thank you for those that are online watching. And I pray, Lord, that your spirit would meet with us. Lord, I believe as we lifted a voice and sang about you this morning, Lord, I believe that you were honored and I, I pray, Lord, that our hearts were right. And Lord, now as we come to your word, we, we need to hear from you. Lord, we're going to address a, a very needed, a very specific topic, relationships. And so Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would meet with us, guide us and direct us, encourage us today. And I pray that Christ would be honored in Jesus' name, amen. I feel there's probably no better time to discuss this subject matter of relationships. I um, know this year has been a difficult year for many people. There was a time, and there are still some in our church, they're, they're not getting around people and not seeing people. There's many that are working from home and there's many that uh, aren't able to see family. Uh, I know Artie Molino, she buried her mother this year due to COVID. Her mother was in a nursing home there in Michigan and she wasn't able to go in and see her mother. She had to see her from a, a window from outside of a room and, and that's the way she had to see her mom. And, and I know many in this room have had to see people they love that way. Many in our church, although we've had to stay at home and, and although we've, our lives have been changed, people are still getting sick. There's been times that people have been in the hospital and, and they've not let a spouse go into their room. And so there's been days that, that husband and wives have been separated because someone was in the hospital and, and someone wasn't able to go see them. I know that this time has been difficult. And I, I believe this, there's probably no better time for us to, to look at this subject of, of relationships. There are some that have been home with people, their family, their spouses, way too much over these last few weeks, and it's affected their relationships. But Acts chapter 20, we are in the middle of Paul's second missionary journey. Paul's going to Macedonia, and he's going to visit Greece, He's going to continue to preach and he's going to continue to teach about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So in the midst of these relationships, what Paul is not going to stop doing is preaching and teaching about Jesus Christ. And so as we continue as a Christian to, to reach our world with the gospel, like Thursday evening, the whole purpose of that was to come together to fellowship and, and get the gospel message out to those that needed to hear the gospel. As, as we continue to uh, get the gospel out, as we're commanded, Paul also is going to show us here in chapter 20 the value of relationships. In this chapter, I want us to see people that Paul was with, that Paul ministered to, and Paul ministered with the relationships that he had. And I want you to see through this sermon series over the next three weeks, the result of these relationships as well. We were never made 
to be alone. I I want you to get that, please, through these next couple weeks. I want you to understand that we were never made to be alone. Now, there are circumstances in our life that, that cause us maybe to want to be alone for a certain period of time. We're getting ready to lay out. We've been working really hard on this, and we just uh, uh, videoed, recorded some uh, uh, um, uh, interviews with, uh, with a man from Australia that's written several books on anxiety and depression. And, and uh, in just a few weeks here, we're going to be finished and we're going to uh, lay out five nights in a row uh, what is anxiety, what is depression, and then um, how to work through that and the help that you can get through that. And then we're going to end it with hope and life after depression. And I, I hope that you'll utilize that and watch that. We'll give you some more information about that. Maybe during times of depression or anxiety, there are seasons in our life that we think that we want to be alone, but God never intended for you as a human being to be alone. God gave Adam a wife. God saw that creation was perfect, that it was good. But what he saw was that Adam didn't have a helpmeet. And what he said was this, it's not good that man would be alone. And so what did he do? He made Adam a woe man, a woman. And Adam woke from that sleep and said, whoa, man. Yes. God gave Adam a wife. God gave Adam and Eve children. God gave Cain a brother. You know, when God called Moses to do a, a work to lead the children of Israel out of bondage, he, he gave Moses Aaron to speak for him. And when Moses got into the wilderness and was leading these millions of people and, and overwhelmed with them, what did he do? He gave Joshua to Moses to, to be a help to him and encourage him. God gave Joshua a Caleb when they went into the uh, promised land to spy out the promised land. There were 10 that said, we can't go, but there was one that stood with Joshua by the name of Caleb and, and, and encouraged Joshua, and Joshua encouraged Caleb. When David was being, being uh, 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 driven out of Israel and Saul was looking to kill him, God gave David a Jonathan, a best friend. When he had to leave Jonathan, God put these mighty men into David's life and gave David these 33 mighty men that encouraged David when he was down and encouraged David when he was weak. You see, God never made you or made me and never intended for us to do life alone. God gave Abraham a nephew, Lot. And as Abraham left his home and began to, by faith, walk to where God wanted him to go. Lot was there with him. God gave these three Hebrew boys, friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were going to be placed into a fiery furnace and and have to face, it looked like certain death, but he gave them companionship. He gave Jesus 12 apostles. There were times, there were seasons where Jesus, maybe in the garden, was, was alone and, and draw, uh, those sweats, uh, sweat of blood was, was falling from his, his head. But, but he had friends, those apostles that were there with him. He gave Jesus, Mary, and Martha, and Lazarus these friendships that were dear 
to him. And God does not intend for you to do life alone either. But there are seasons in our life where we are discouraged. There are seasons in our life that we feel like we're alone. But those are just seasons. Those are just temporary. Matter of fact, we find in God's word that he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Why is that so important? Because he never intended for us to do life alone. He promised that he's always going to be there with us. And no matter what you're facing here today, there is one that is with you every step of the way that's promised he'll never leave you. That's important to us because relationships are vitally important. A friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Well, you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What's the verse say? Uh, I shall not fear. Why? For thou art with me at the most difficult times in your life. The psalmist says, as I'm walking through this valley of the shadow of death, I understand something. You're there with me. Why? Because relationships are important. There was a season, and we've seen this in Paul's life, that he was alone. There were times through this missionary journey, it seemed, and we've studied this previously as we've studied through this book and walked through each verse and each chapter of this verse, we've seen where Paul was alone. His friends were away from him. What, what, what did Paul realize? That it was just for a season they were gonna come together and encourage him once again. And Paul said things like this, I thank God in remembrance of you as he would write to these epistles. He said to Timothy, send John Mark. Why? Because relationships are important. He said to Timothy, come quickly to me. As he was there in that jail, so why? Because relationships are important. I'm intrigued by this chapter because I see the value of relationships all through this chapter. As Paul is is on this missionary journey as Paul is continuing to live his life for Christ, as Paul is going through seasons of, of uh, uh, as, as verse number one says, an uproar, uh, as he's going through seasons of, of hurt, as he's going through seasons of being imprisoned, he's also, here in chapter 20, going to go through a season where he sees the value of relationships. Let's look together as we study this chapter. Paul just came out of a, a battle. If you've been following the messages here on Sunday mornings, you'll realize we preached a couple weeks upon evil. He said this, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Remember that? There's evil. And Paul wrestled against spiritual warfare. Paul was just coming out of chapter number 19 where there was great spiritual oppression and spiritual attacks. This, this, tells us there was a, a great uproar in verse number one. After this uproar, that word uproar doesn't mean just a, a small uh, fiasco. I mean, there was a major uprising and Paul was at the center of it. And if these would have won, Paul's life could have been over. Paul's life was at risk and this must have a, been great, uh, caused great anxiety for Paul. It, it had to have caused great emotional stress. I, I, don't, I don't care how much you love Jesus. When, you're, when your life is in jeopardy and, and your world is turned upside down, it causes turmoil. Paul had to be exhausted. Have you ever gone through life and you've just been exhausted by it? 
I'm not talking about, well, I just need a good night's sleep. I mean, if you slept for a week, you'd wake up still exhausted because of what you're just dealing with. And this is what describes Paul's life, just exhaustion and there's been much hurt and there's been a lot of travel and there's been a lot of uh, pain. And, 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 and now he's together in chapter number 20. This is where we see how important relationships really are. Look with me. We're going to get right into it now in verse number one. When, and after the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him what? The disciples. These were followers of Christ. These were Paul's friends. These were the ones that believed like Paul believed and were doing what Paul was doing. But he didn't just call them. What does the Bible say? He called unto his disciples and what? Embraced them. When the disciples were come together, Paul did something. Paul had the green sticker. Remember the green sticker up here? He embraced them. Now, I, I know during this time of, of COVID, it's been difficult. We're, we're not sure what to do. You walk up to somebody and, and you, you, you just, you, you do all this. Like, do they want me to shake their hand? Do they? Some people you just walk up to and they just hug you. Some people shake hands. Uh, I talked to a, a lady in our church this past week and she said, I just want to come to church and hug everybody. I said, well, you can't. <laughs> She's, but I, I, that's who I am. Paul came here to these disciples and he embraced them. And that word embraced, it means this, hold someone closely in our arms, especially a sign of affection. This was not just a, howdy, how are you? When Paul came to his disciples here, that word embraced means to hold them, to show them affection, Tears could be shed. Great embrace. You ever, you ever hug someone and they break your ribs? They hold you so tight. They lift you up. I don't have that problem, but, but uh, you just see those, those people that bear hug you. That's what I think of when I think of this, this relationship here with Paul. To hold someone closely. Listen to me. The, these relationships are so vital. These are so necessary. And these types of relationships, believer, is what we as Christians ought to strive to have because all of us need this type of relationship. We're all at some time going to go through times of exhaustion in our life. There's always going to be some kind of uproar taking place. There's always going to be something in our life that's out of our control that we can't uh, uh, make happen the way we want it to happen. There's always going to be those times where we feel lonely or discouraged. You can't go through life and not experience those things. But what you can experience and what we ought to experience as believers in Christ is this, those relationships that God has for us, those disciples, those believers that are there in our life that we can embrace, that we can hold dearly, that we can show affection to. Why? Because they encourage us in times of exhaustion. I tell you, when we were going through church and I was coming in and there was just, there was a handful of people, those that were singing, those that were on the cameras, those that were uh, running the PA. And, and I appreciate all the, the, the help and the dedication so many had 
so that we could continue to do church online. But it was so odd coming into church and nobody being there. It was so odd. Somebody calling and saying, you know, so-and-so's in the hospital. I'll be right over. No, I won't. They won't let me in. People that you love that you can't wait to see to embrace them, to show them affection. Listen to me, Christian, it is important for us as believers to have these kind of relationships. It's important for us as human beings to have these kinds of relationships. I tell you, there's nothing I love more than somebody that I love giving me a hug. There's tenderness here. Need to comfort and be comforted. This is what embracing is. And hear me, Christian, as we, the day of the Lord approaches, and it's coming, Jesus is coming soon. I've got a message, and I'm just praying and asking the Lord when to take a break out of Acts for a day and, and preach this message on Jesus is coming soon. And as that day approaches, hear me, the world is going to get worse. You know what's going to happen? You're going to continue to go to stores and they're going to continue to say, use your debit credit or credit card only. My wife went to a store yesterday and they said, we, we're not going to, you can't use cash. Well, don't get an uproar. That just means Jesus is coming soon. It's all going to happen. And as that happens, yes, it causes stress. And yes, it causes us to be anxious. But that's why it's so important that we have these relationships that are tender, these relationships that are comforting, these relationships that Paul had where we can embrace because we need to be encouraged in these last days. What Paul was experiencing here was a heartfelt expression, not just a cold, how are you? a cold handshake or a wave. When God's people come together, there's got to be a heartfelt expression. In all of our lives, there needs to, every one of us needs a measure of embracing. I won't ask you this morning, but I pray that you did. I hope somebody in your life today embraced you. There's nothing better if as a, as a, dad having your children embrace you and tell them that they love you there's nothing better as a than a spouse embracing a spouse and saying i love you our friend i did give a hug to someone this morning because they were hurting and i gave them a hug and there was nothing like that hug to tell someone i'm here for you i want to encourage you all of us need that in our life Number two, I want you to see something here. Not only was there an embrace, a need for embracing. I want you to see in verse number two, and when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, he came into Greece. Don't miss this word exhortation. That's more than just he spoke with them. That word exhortation means this, an address or communication emphatically urging them to do something. That's more than, hey, how are you? What'd you have for breakfast today? That's more than, hey, uh, um, how are you dealing with things? Are you working right now? That's more than just your casual conversation. This word in exhort means, again, to address 
or communication, emphatically urging them to do something. This is a, a conversation where Paul is trying to get them to do and to be something. Relationships should move you to something. Now, all of us have our casual relationships. We see people, when we see them, we say hi, and then when we leave, we don't think anything more about it till we see them again. But those are just what would be called surface relationships. But all of us need relationships that move us to something. You, you date, those that are dating, you're hoping that it leads from dating to something else. Marriage. Right? You're, you want that person, and maybe you're saying, I wish that person would move from just buying my dinner to marrying me. What are you hoping? That relationship moves to something more. Friendships move to, to helping us reach our potential. That's the value of true friendships. True friendships ought, ought to cause us to, to, when we see something in a friend, to point it out. When we need to encourage a friend, to encourage them, but to reach their potential, to move them to some place. Christianity, we don't just get saved or we shouldn't just get saved and then just exist. Once we're saved, we ought to start that process of sanctification, becoming like Christ, being more like Christ. It's, it's moving us to something. Church is not just something we come to because it's a religious event in our life. It ought to move us to something. See, the relationships that we have, it ought to urge us to do something. And that's what Paul here, he embraces them. There's tenderness, there's care, there's affection. And that relationship also is a relationship where he exhorts them, where he passionately moves them. He encourages them to do something or be something. And you hear me today, all of us need that type of relationship in our life. Don't you like it when a friend maybe not at the moment, but as you're working through it, don't you like it when a friend is honest with you about something that you need to hear? Every so often, my wife will say something I don't like to hear, but it's truth. I needed to hear it. Every so often, one of those things, and I, and I like this chapter. We won't get to it today, but it, later on in this chapter, Paul, he preached long preaching in verse number eight. And so every time my kids say, dad, you preach long day, I say, well, so did the apostle Paul. Your dad's just like the apostle Paul. Isn't that a good thing? But relationships ought to encourage us, urge us to do something. Paul was urging them to do something. Now, how do we know what we, he was urging them to do? Because all of what Paul's story surrounding this is gospel-centered. Hear me today, all of us ought to have relationships that are encouraging us to be more like Christ. All of, us, all of us ought to have a relationship that encourages us to be a better witness for Christ. All of us ought to have relationships. Every, every man that's married in this room ought to have other men in your life that encourages you to be faithful to your Lord and faithful to your spouse and faithful to your kids and faithful to your job and faithful to your God. And every lady in this room that's a Christian ought to have other ladies that are encouraging you to be faithful in your walk to God, be faithful to your husband, be faithful to your children, be faithful to Christ. 
It ought to urge us. It ought to move us to something. Paul was urging them to do something. He was urging them. You could find, as Paul wrote these epistles, as he wrote back to these churches that he visited, you would find where Paul was encouraging them to run their race for Christ. He was encouraging them to finish their course for Christ. He was encouraging them to live for Christ. He was encouraging them to present their bodies a a living sacrifice. So we could study Paul's epistles and find what that exhortation was, what that encouragement was. He encouraged them to be ambassadors for Christ and and our friendships ought to do the same to us today. To serve with our talents. God, give us friends that challenge us to do something for God. God, give us friends that encourage us, that compliment and find us and help us find our talents and then encourage us to use them for Jesus Christ. Paul encourages those husbands to love their wives. He encourages the wives to submit to their husbands. He encourages the children to obey their parents. He encourages his friends to walk in the spirit. He encouraged those that he's writing to to die to their own desires, to die daily to their own wants and to live for Christ. That's exhortation and that is a relationship all of us ought to have and all of us ought to be. So there must be I believe as Paul is showing us here in relationships, there must be relationships where there's embracing, that tenderness. There's that relationship with exhortation that encourages us to be and to live and to change, to be what Christ desires for us to be. Now I want you to see something here. Paul in verse number four is going to be with a list of people. There's a whole list of people here that he names or the author of Acts names. But I want you to see here, as he gives us this list of people, in verse number four, there's something, a word that we find, and he says, there accompanied him into Asia. Just going through and looking at what happened, what does the Bible tell us of this missionary journey? He tells us that when the disciples were together, they embraced. They tell, it tells us that when they were together, there was exhortation. And there tells in verse number four that they accompanied him into Asia. You say, what's that have to do with relationships? Well, Paul's relationships with others led to them accompanying him in serving Christ. What was he doing in Asia? Preaching the gospel. What would he do? He would go into a city and find the synagogue and go into the synagogue and he'd preach Jesus Christ. That's what he'd do. Those that were going with him weren't going with him because they, were, they heard the food was good in Asia and they just wanted to try it out. They didn't go with him because they were just curious of what Paul was up to. They weren't just curious. They weren't taking a vacation. What they were doing is they accompanied him to go and preach the gospel. Paul's relationships led to embracing. Paul's relationships led to exhortation and it led to being accompanied. Now, listen to me, that word accompany means this, go somewhere with someone as a companion to provide or add to. That's important here this morning. That word companion means this, one who spends a lot of time with. Now, stay with me here on this point. 
these were willing to accompany him, to go with him, to spend a lot of time with him, to do something. These friendships show us here in chapter number 20 how deep-rooted these friendships were. Because as Paul would share of his missionary story, you know what was part of his missionary story? We're going to get beat for this. Oh, by the way, when we get to Asia, if it's anything like every other city we've been into, we'll probably see the inside of a jail cell. Oh, by the way, we're probably going to get beaten. We're probably going to get uh, expelled from the city. Oh, there's probably going to be a great uproar with the people. When you sign up with going on with Paul on a missionary journey, you're not going to see all the best sights in the city. You're going to see what the jail looks like. You're going to see what the bottom of a, of, of a, a, a stoning looks like. You're going to see what someone's fist looks like. I mean, it's, it's not signing up for some glamorous thing. What you're signing up for, what you're going to accompany him on is going to take sacrifice and it's going to take dedication. And hear me today, true friends are willing to accompany their friends. It's not just I'll be your friend when everything is good, when you can do for me or I can do for you. Good friends, godly friends, the friends that we find in Acts chapter 20, the acquaintance, more than acquaintances, these godly friendships that we see are what we need because as the day of the Lord approaches, we need friends that will stick with it. Oh, listen to me today. God, give us friends that when we're going through valleys, they'll stay with us. God, give us friends that when we're going through difficult seasons in our life, they they don't just leave and they don't just fall away and they don't just talk about what we're going through to everyone else, but they're there with us, encouraging us no matter what happens. And that's what we see here in this word accompanied. This is deep. It's willing to go and experience life together. Now listen to me, church, please hear this. I think the churches that are going to make it through the season that we're in, the season before Christ returns, are the churches where the people, the church, because when I say church, I don't mean a building or a tent. I mean you. There's got to be a commitment to each other. There's got to be a commitment to invest in each other's lives for the gospel's sake. Listen, I want you to know this. If you haven't learned this already, you're going to be offended in life. How many of you have ever been offended? The rest of you either aren't listening or lying. You're going to be offended. And you're probably even going to be offended by the person sitting next to you. Some of you don't have someone sitting next to you because you offended them. (laughs) They won't even sit next to you anymore. Listen to me, you're going to be offended. You're going to marry someone and they're going to offend you. You're going to have a friendship with someone and they're going to offend you. But this, this 
accompanying, this friendship, these that Paul lists here in verse number four that's listed with Paul, these are willing to invest. They're willing to go deep into this relationship and not just be easily offended and leave when trials come. Relationships should not be disposable. Would you please get that? We live in a disposable society. Everything made is made to throw away eventually. Don't get attached to anything because it's going to break. This past week, if it belonged to my wife, it broke. Matter of fact, my, I, was sitting, I was sitting on the couch with my wife last night. She said to me, you won't believe it. And my daughter said, Mom, you must have sin in your life. I said, no, she just has a Chloe, and that's enough. The other day, my wife said to me, she said, the washer machine broke. I said, it's brand new. We just bought it. She's, well, it's not working. I said, well, plug it in. Unplug it. You know, push buttons. Do something. It's got to work. Well, Seven people living in one home, laundry adds up real quick. We need a washer machine. And guess what? It broke. That next day, my wife is drying her hair, and I hear her say, Ah! I knew something was wrong. So I tried to sneak out the front door really, really quietly. And she called me back in. She said, because I just put a new plug in her bathroom. She said, I think you put the plug in wrong. I said, Michelle, does the bottom plug work? Yes. But the top one doesn't. I said, maybe, maybe you plugged it in wrong or something, you know? I went down. No, didn't break a fuse, didn't blow a fuse. What happened? Her blow dryer broke. Well, you got a wife with wet hair, just like a kid, seven people living at home. You need a blow dryer. You need a, a washing machine. She came down last night, and this is when we realized she must be living in sin. She walked down last night and looked at me. I'm talking to my daughter. She looked at me, and she says, the coffee pot broke. She needs coffee. This morning, I'm getting ready for church. I walk in. My wife is getting ready. The kids are all blowing on her hair because there's no blow dryer. The outfit she's wearing smells because it hasn't been cleaned. Her coffee pot is empty and her glass is empty. And, and I thought, oh, her button on the back of her, her dress or outfit she had was unbuttoned and I thought I'd do her a favor and do me a favor. I'd button it up and steal a kiss real quick. Do her a favor. She doesn't even have to ask this time. So what do I do? I walk up behind her. I go to button the dress and she says, don't try it. I mean, in a very demonic voice almost. I said, a kiss or the button? She says, I put it on and the button broke. It broke. You can't even button it this morning. 
And so I turned around and quietly went out the front door. Everything's disposable. Nothing is made to last. But relationships are. Relationships aren't disposable. When we get to places where it gets difficult, you know what we need to learn to do? A company. You know that relationship that Jesus is looking for is the one that goes the extra mile. Every healthy relationship is, 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 is healthy when it learns to embrace, when it learns to exhort, and when it learns to accompany. Sacrifice. Be willing to go with someone to a place that maybe it wasn't your idea to go, but they need you to go with them. Every single person in this room, and hear me please, I won't be much longer today. Every single person in this room, you're going through something or will go through something and you need a friend with you. You need a friend to accompany you. The apostle Paul was gonna go to Asia because that's where the Holy Spirit was calling him to go to preach the gospel. And apostle Paul was gonna be obedient to the Lord in preaching the gospel. But thank God the apostle Paul had some men that were willing to accompany him on that journey. Why? Because God never intended you to live life alone. Maybe there's someone here in this room that your friendship is, is hurting or your friendship is broken or your friendship is wounded a little bit because you need to learn to accompany them in difficult times. I want you to see lastly, and I'll be through this morning on relationships. Look with me in verse number five. These going before tarried for us at Troas. And we sailed from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to Troas in five days and, were, and we abode about seven days. I want you to see another word about relationships here in verse number five. And that word is the word tarried. Now, please don't lose me this morning, please. Let's bring our thoughts together here because I believe relationships are vitally important. Embracing is important. Everyone needs it. Exhortation is important. Everyone needs it. Someone to accompany us and stick with us, even in difficult seasons, are important. In that, this word in verse number five, and tarried for us at Troas. That is more than just waiting. Now, husbands, you probably know what this word tarry means when you're sitting in your car and you're waiting to go. And the family hasn't even walked out of the house yet. You're getting close to what the word tarrying means. Or your wife says, I'll just be a few moments in this store, drop me off, and, and I'll just be a few moments. I know what I'm going in to get. Well, you're in trouble. You're close to knowing what this word tarrying means. Because this word tarrying means this, stay longer than intended. It means this, delay leaving a place. You know what that helps us understand? Patience. Hear me, every single relationship needs someone that is patient with them. Because none of us are perfect. 
None of us have arrived. I, I want you to understand. Now, some of us might think we're perfect and we've arrived and everyone ought to kind of understand that about us. But I want you to know this. None of us have arrived. All of us need someone with patience to deal with us. The Apostle Paul, in his relationships here, had people that were patient. They were willing to stay longer than intended. They delayed in leaving a place. Have you ever said this? If they're not here in another minute, I'm leaving. If you don't leave here now, next time you're going to drive yourself. You're not tearing you're lacking patience. You know what that shows us? This long-suffering. Willing to adjust your schedule for someone else's benefit. Allowing for change in your life because someone else has a need. Oh, listen to me. If you are married today, if you would get this, it would, it would revive your broken marriage. Because so often we put the stipulation on someone else. You know what we ought to learn to do in our homes? Tarry one for another. Matter of fact, that same word there is when the Apostle Paul is writing to the church and he says to them as they come to, to take of the Lord's table, you know what he says? Tarry one for another. Have patience one for another. Long-suffering one for another. You know what revolutionized a church? A church that tarried one for another. Didn't get so easily offended if something didn't go our way. You know what helped our relationships, our friendships, parents and children and children and parents and spouses and co-workers and, and bosses and employees relationships. If we learned to tarry, no, we want them to tarry for us, but what we must do is tarry for others. Do you know what I find? That's fruit of the spirit is these things, long suffering. Aren't you so glad that God was patient with you? Aren't you so glad that God is long-suffering with you? Aren't you so glad that when you sin, God didn't just condemn you the first time you sinned and said, you are going to hell right now and never going to have an opportunity? No, but he was long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Allow for change. Listen, we live in such a divisive world. We live in a day where it seems like we're looking for things to fight about. We're walking around with a chip on our shoulder, hoping someone smacks it off so that we can give them a piece of our mind. And those aren't the relationships that Christians ought to have. You know what I find in each one of these relationships? Every single one of them identifies the way Christ is toward us. He cares for us tenderly. He exhorts us through his word. He, he uh, challenges us and speaks to us and causes us to move to change. He's accompanying us. He, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And he tarries with us. An old church family today, I pray that as we begin to study this, relationship, this, this series on relationships, you would see the value of these four characteristics in a relationship. And instead of you looking for those four in someone else, why don't we decide today that we are going to be that to someone? 
Because if all of us decided that we're going to learn to embrace, we're going to exhort, we're going to accompany, and we're going to tarry, we would have the friend that we need. We would have the spouse that we desire. We would have the church that we long for. We would have the relationships that we so desperately need and the relationships that God desires for you to have. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your savior, I want you to know this. He is the one that can give you all of these things. He left heaven's home. He came to this earth. He went to the cross. He shed his blood on the cross as a payment for your sin debt. And if you would call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says thou shalt be saved. Maybe you're here today and you've tried religion and you've tried so many things in life and you've just continued to come up empty. Then I submit to you today, understand that what you're truly looking for is what only Jesus Christ can offer. And it's salvation through him. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. I want you to sincerely search your heart. How are your relationships? Are you easily offended? Is there someone right now, maybe the spirit of God is putting on your heart and your relationship isn't what it should be because it's lacking the embrace, it's lacking the exhortation, it's lacking the accompanied, or it's lacking the tearing. Relationships aren't disposable. Well, this one didn't work, I'll try another one. No, we can throw away a washing machine and get a new one because we're not attached to it. Throw away a coffee pot and get a new one because we're not attached to it. But not people. We don't throw people away. We don't cast people out. Well, that that didn't work. We'll just find a new one. No. Learn to embrace. Maybe, maybe today there's a relationship, a husband-wife relationship, and you're lacking the affection, the embrace. Maybe you've come to the place where you've just said, you know what? They're not showing it, so I'm going to not show it either. And you, you now are living, it's divisive and it's hurtful. God made you to desire. Made you to complete and it comes through embracing maybe you're a person you push people away when they speak truth you don't like to hear it well exhortation is important it's important it's, it's okay to let someone address some need in your life matter of fact you ought to want it Father, would you work, I pray, in these lives? Lord, relationships are so important, especially it seems like right now, we realize how important they are when they were taken away. 
Lord, I pray that you would deepen our church. I pray that you would strengthen our church. I pray that you would strengthen marriages. I pray that you would strengthen and deepen relationships with parents and children. We get to this place, Lord, sometimes where it's awkward and we don't do the things that are necessary to build relationships any longer. Help us remove those things, Lord. I pray you deepen and strengthen relationships and friendships with other Christians. Lord, I pray if there's broken relationships today that we would mend them. That we would allow Christ to heal broken hearts. We need each other. Thank you, Lord, for relationships. Thank you for many relationships in my life. Thank you for this church. So, Lord, we just want to be submissive to you. If there's someone here today, Lord, that does not know you as their Savior, Lord, we desire that relationship to be made. Where they become a child of God. Where they become a heir, joint heir with Christ. Where they receive eternity, eternal life, Lord, because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. save sinners today. Heal broken hearts. Mend relationships. Strengthen relationships. May we leave here encouraged. I pray in Jesus' name. As we continue with our invitation, when we come to church, the message is preached and the Holy Spirit impacts our hearts and our lives. We're supposed to leave this place different than when we came. And the way we do that is by on purpose making decisions to follow what the Holy Spirit has prompted us to do. So this morning, as we think about the fact that we were never created to live this life alone, Christian, God is calling us this week to be a friend to somebody that comes across your path. Maybe this morning the Holy Spirit has already brought that person to mind. And you know that this week you have to on purpose make a phone call, write a letter, send an email, reach out to the person that God has put on your mind. Maybe this week an inconvenience will come across your path. You've got your mindset, you're headed a direction, and God's going to bring a person that you're supposed to be a friend to. This morning, will you say... Holy Spirit, I will be a friend to that person. If that's you this morning, and maybe there's somebody that God has put in your mind, or maybe that God's going to bring somebody across you, but you'll commit this morning and you'll say, this, this week, I will reach out, I will be the friend to the person that God brings across my path. Will you slip your hand up and say, that's me? Thank you. Maybe this morning, as Pastor talked about a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you've never had a relationship with Christ, Christ. You've never developed that, never started it. But this morning you would say, I would like to do that. In Romans chapter 10 and verse number nine, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made. 
If you'd like to begin a relationship with Christ this morning, it's really easy. Jesus did all of the work for our salvation on the cross. When he died on the cross, he died for your sin and for my sin. He paid the penalty of separation from God so we don't have to pay that. And this morning, it's simply believing in your heart and believing in your mind that God sent his son Jesus to pay your penalty. And if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth and you pray to God and you say, God, I know that I am a sinner. I understand that my sin is wrong. And today I want to accept the gift of Jesus Christ as my savior to pay the penalty so I don't have to. This morning I received Jesus Christ as my savior and I put my faith and trust in him. This morning, you can leave this place with a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not religion, it's a relationship. And so with our heads bowed and our eyes closed once again, if you're here this morning and you would like to begin that relationship, if you just say this prayer with me, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I realize today my need for a savior. And this morning, I accept the gift of salvation through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. And I receive him as my savior, not in anything that I have done, but in everything that he did for me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, is there anybody this morning who you just lift your hand and you'd say, Pastor Chris, that was me this morning. I came here and I did not have a relationship with Christ, but I prayed that prayer and I began my relationship with Christ this morning. Would you just slip your hand up? Thank you. Maybe this morning you're at home and you're watching online and you're saying, I began my relationship with Jesus Christ this morning. We would ask you to email the church and let us know call in and let us know that you received Christ as your Savior this morning. Father, we are grateful for our time together. Lord, thank you for meeting us here in this place. And Lord, we can't wait to see how you use us to be a friend to people in need this week. Lord, we ask that you'll guide and direct, keep us safe as we go home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Have a great day. Lord bless you.